<laughs> Good evening, gamers and ghosts. I am Alexander Eden, and you're joining us here on Want to Game. Or should I say, Want to Ghoul? <laughs> joining me as always is my fiendish cohort, Jonathan Wilder. Your soul is on! <laughs> <laughs> and then the thunder crashes and it's wonderful and spooky. This... I, I have chills, Alex. Oh, I'm terrified. <laughs> this is our post-October mini-Halloween spooktacular. I say this, of course, because this is a spookier, if smaller, episode where we'll be discussing the few little horror games we've played recently that we would like to recommend on this post-October, not really Christmas time yet, November. Well, that's when you gotta get in all of those horror games before it gets, you know, too cheery and jolly. Uh-huh. Some Thanksgiving frights. That's what mm -hmm. you gotta do. Anyway, before we get into it, let's talk horror. It is a genre that I personally love. Horror movies, horror games, obviously, horror stories. Heck, I, I used to not be a fan of haunted houses. This year, I'm finally getting into them. I'm really enjoying them. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a new recruit to horror, Alex. I really didn't watch horror movies until college. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. fair to say. Um, and because of that, I didn't really watch a lot of the classics, so I'm, I'm still playing catch-up. Mm -hmm. But I think since then, you know, both with horror movies and also horror games, I've given them more of a shot. For sure, for sure. And this is what this episode is really going to be about. Just a lot of specific recommendations. But before we go into them, I just want to discuss, what is it about horror games that set them apart from other horror media? Yeah, you know, we, I've discussed this thing before. Usually the answer is very clear, but I really want to go into it. The interactivity of it, the most obvious thing. There's a lot of debate over how effective a horror game can really be. On one hand, you have people who say, oh, you know, because you're being placed in the horror scenario, it makes things even more tense and even more spooky because you're not just watching and you're the one being chased by the monsters. But I've also heard people make the argument of, oh, but because you know it's a game, you can control what happens and you can pause it. And, you know, it's not as interesting. You as can also story. pause a movie. That's true. That's fair enough. But personally, I do think that horror games have a lot to work with. It's very interesting simply because with a lot of games, the intention is to make you feel empowered or, or smart or, you know, it's about winning. It's about, you know, overcoming. And in horror games, it is the same a lot of the times as well. It's about trying to get away from the monsters. It's about saving the day or whatever. But horror works in an opposite direction. It's meant to make you frightened, to feel less powerful, to make you feel like these things could get you. And I think that kind of towing the line between power and powerlessness is a very interesting thing that games explore. That's true. Oh, another thing that I feel like horror games are able to provide is atmosphere. Mm, uh, yes. And, you know, horror movies can do that as well. For example, I recently watched the movie The Lighthouse. Oh. And 
it's it's all about atmosphere and mm-hmm. the, um you know from the kind of fog horns that are kind of turned into a part of the score mm. uh to a lot of really just creepy sound design yeah um but with some of the games that we'll get into you know even board games like they can have a real tense atmosphere just from the setup of the game and yeah of course like at the end of the day you know that's the game but just like with movies, you kind of have that uh, need that suspension of disbelief, and if you can embrace that, then games can really, really get to the core mm-hmm. of what you're afraid of. And going into that, this episode is going to be very particular because we're not just talking about horror games in general. Even though there's a lot of horror video games, I would love to recommend. That's not what this episode's about. We are going to look at a very particular type of horror game, the tabletop horror game, which can be very interesting, a very tricky genre to get right, because it's not it's not like a horror game or a movie where, you know, you see the monster right there. It's, you know, made out for you. It's you and some buddies around a table, probably with paper and dice and other in a board, which, you know... It, it, there's going to be a bit of a disconnect to, to get yourself fully invested. But I believe that we have a few solid games, handful of games here, that show just how effective even playing a board game with some spooky themes can be in getting you into that Halloween mood. And again, you know, even though it's past Halloween, it's not too late. You know, sitting down at the Thanksgiving table, grandmamas there, uh, all your favorite cousins. You know, why not pull out a pull out a game of werewolf, something mm-hmm. like that. Yes. All right. With that being said, let's discuss one of my favorite newer horror board games out there. One that I've, I sw- I'm sure I've talked about before, but one that I think deserves mention. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yes, excellent game. I always mess up the title of the game. Yeah, it's a weird title. It should be like Betrayal at the House on the Hill, or maybe just the House on the Hill or something like that. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Like, it's very weirdly specific, but that's not important. For those who don't know, Betrayal at House on the Hill is a game where you and and your small handful of, of other characters are going through a big mansion, a spooky haunted mansion, that you are building out yourselves. As you explore the mansion, you are placing down shuffled randomized tiles that point you in different directions, that have different rooms, different benefits, different challenges. And as you explore, you unlock uh, uh, items and weapons to protect yourself with, or, or very special like, companion characters to tag along with you. And you're getting all these elements, but you're also getting omens, which represent spooky occurrences that are happening, that are causing the tension to rise and rise, until inevitably, inevitably, somebody is revealed to be a betrayer who is either transformed into a monster or has been working with the killer or is just a killer or maybe it's not even someone in the group. The house itself has turned against everybody. Right. And one of the cool things about Betrayal is, you know, it has a lot of replay value because you get pretty much a 
different yeah. haunt. There's a lot uh, of different haunts in this game. So, you know, from some of the ones that, like, I, I can remember off the top of my head, like, we had one where, like, you're talking about Alex, is more about the house. So we basically all got sucked into a miniature version of the house and had to escape that before it's too late. Um, we also did one where there were pirates and the pirates are trying to collect treasure and we we're trying to keep the treasure away from them uh, while also trying to destroy their treasure chest. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's such a great mix of things. Yeah. Um, and based on that, like, you know, I think that it really is able to touch on almost every single sort of subgenre yeah. within horror. Oh, absolutely. But the one thing I want to explore with that element is how much does the game touch, just touch on and pay reference to that genre of horror and how much of it is actually spooky? Because the thing is, I think it has a very interesting balance of both. I think the first half of the game is is very much, you know, you're having fun, you're you're seeing all these tropes come out, like the hidden bookcase like secret fling or like a spooky elevator that you're going on or other stuff like that. But you're mainly having fun, you're you're goofing around with your friends, and then the moment the betrayal happens, something changes. It might be the element of competition, it might be the element of rising tension where you know oh our characters can die now and we can lose but personally i think something to do with almost the pacing really starts to bring out if not fear a real sense of tension especially in the timed uh, situations where it's like you only have so long to beat it or even with the pirate one you have to keep these chests away from yeah. all these monsters as an element of oh no i'm running out of resources oh no people are getting hurt and they're dropping like flies oh no i see how we can beat this but it's gonna be super risky and super dangerous and all these other things are being thrown in where even though it's like a mechanical thing, it raises the kind of the fear in the room because you yeah, know the stakes are always high exactly and i think that really helps it out the stakes being high this real sense of like not only will you lose the game but you're gonna be you're gonna get got by the spooky ghosties and i think it's very interesting and it's a game i highly recommend uh, yeah, let's talk I... about another game here uh werewolf or ultimate werewolf or ultimate werewolf <laughs> custom night <laughs> one night yeah. one night just there like... are a lot of versions of werewolf uh one of my all-time favorite games you know i i've talked at length about how much i love you know the kind of role-based games uh and i actually recently on halloween day played you know a fun game of werewolf yeah how did that go huh? yeah. um it was awesome uh i think what was nice about the group is that like it's a group of people who like mostly knew each other um but it had like enough people who didn't like fully know each other that like we got to like kind of you know suss everyone out like as we were playing and it wasn't like everyone you know knew each other's tells instantly mm -hmm. um and we also like had some fun interactions with some of the roles um probably <laughs> the highlight of it all was um we did our kind of second big game with pretty much all like village 
cards that have some sort of role. So again, werewolf, just to quickly go over, you have the, basically the werewolf team and the village team. And on the village team, some of them are just plain old villagers and some have special like abilities. Yeah. Um, and typically you're not supposed to do like all the kind of ability cards, but we did it just to be fun. And um, our good friend Owen uh, ended up with the revealer. And the Ooh. way the revealer works, I had actually never played with this card despite you know playing a lot of games of werewolf. Um, their whole thing is that at night they could choose someone to reveal. If that person turns out to be a werewolf, that person is eliminated. But if they're not a werewolf, then the revealer is eliminated. So Owen basically just announces everyone, like, hey, I'm the revealer. I am going to use my power tonight regardless. Tell me who you want me to check. And we'll know for sure. And... I don't know how, but she ended up landing on uh, my roommate, Nate, um, and she died that night. Mm-hmm. But that here's dark. the thing. Not only did Owen die, two other people died. Three people died at Whoa, night. Whoa. Yes. That's crazy. We didn't find out until near the end game that it turned out that someone was a witch. The witch has two powers that they can use once per game each. One to save a person at night, one to kill a person at night. So they use their kill power at night, just happened to kill a werewolf. Wow. Uh, and then the werewolves also killed someone. So that's how three people die. Amazing. Um, but we ended up getting to this end game where Nate, who we basically knew was not a werewolf because of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the valiant sacrifice by own. Um, we also kind of got to confirm that he was Cupid, uh, who gets to pair up two lovers. Oh. Um, and then the other guy who's left was this uh, spellcaster who can silence someone at night. Oh. Um, and we kind of had him confirmed. I had uh, already confirmed that I was the hunter. And my other roommate, Melissa, was the question mark. Mm-hmm. And so we could have just, you know, voted to eliminate Melissa in the day phase. But we, you know, uh, Nate was making the good point that, like, I had not been proven to not be a werewolf, so mm-hmm. it was risky for the two proven people to go along with me. So they decided to execute me, and I just voted to kill myself because the hunter has the power Ooh. to eliminate one other player when they're eliminated. So I eliminated Melissa, she was the last werewolf, and the villagers won. Wow. So if you've never played werewolf, I'm sure that's like very overwhelming to hear and kind of complicated, but for me, it was, it was yeah. a real blast because like, I usually, like, I'm used to much more kind of timid and easy to follow sort of werewolf. Of course, adding on to that, I think part of the kind of spook factor in that game is once again the challenge, and more specifically, the sense that you cannot trust one another. Yeah, it's full paranoia. I I love that. Paranoia can definitely help in a game like this. Let's jump on to another one real quick here. I want to talk about Elder Sign. Okay. okay, Elder Sign is a game set in the Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this, but I don't know a ton it's a, about the actual gameplay. It is a very complicated game, but weirdly fun once you learn it. Basically, the idea is you and all the other players are various investigators or scientists or all people who are trying to uncover the Cthulhu mythos. You know, these kind of ancient yeah. aliens or monsters and things like that. And you only have a certain amount of time before and there's different scenarios and different like creatures to face but before whatever creature you're challenging awakens and destroys the world and the only way that you can stop them is getting enough elder signs but to get the elder signs you have to take on specific challenges that's cool and even though your characters have different abilities and you unlock different skills 
when it comes down to it, the challenges are just dice rolling. It's luck of the dice to see if you win. And the game can be brutal. It can be so hard when you realize, you know, no matter what I'm doing, I just keep failing this challenge and the clock is ticking. It's getting closer and closer to the thing. My character's getting injured or worse, going insane. I don't know what to do. I need to get someone's help here. It is a game of of both racing at the clock and just like pushing teamwork to its very limits and i think it works it's a it's a stressful game and it adds to the fear factor adds to the tension which i feel like is pretty effective yeah i i feel like you can kind of divide up the hard games between like the ones that are more about like building tension building paranoia and the ones that are more about just the atmosphere and i think you know the final game that we're going to discuss 10 candles kind of has a little bit of all those but more than anything it really does it atmosphere well yes uh and it's all in the name really 10 yeah. candles and with elder signs particularly that company they know that their game can be a bit complicated so they've created multiple versions of basically the same game that's that have different moods like some are more story focused some are more mechanics focused some are for beginners or whatever they have mansions of madness eldritch horror mm-hmm. they made a video game version of elder sign called elder sign omens they like they seem to be like really experimenting with this base formula, and it's really cool to see. All right, what do you think? Should we dive into Ten Candles? Yeah, I think it's time to talk about Ten Candles, a game that we played just yesterday. Yes, for those who don't know, Ten Candles is a co- is a storytelling tragic horror game, like Fiasco, but a lot less funny and a lot more spooky. The game is meant to be played with 10 actual candles, which we did use. And as you go through this story, you slowly blow out each of the candles one by one. And for every candle that you take away, the players lose dice that they can use to succeed in challenges. So the game gets harder and harder and harder until the very last candle when there's only one die left and then everyone is simply meant to survive as long as they Mm -hmm. can before inevitably the light goes out and they all get got so i ran this game last night for a group of about five other people and jonathan you were one of them yep what did you think of the game I thought it was a blast. Um, so I've played this once before. Um, and what I liked about this one is that it felt like we somehow were able to build much more of a, a mythos mm-hmm. to uh, this. Um, and, you know, the creatures, uh, as they refer to them, uh, mm-hmm. of the darkness, uh, were uh, kind of intelligent in ways that, like, the first kind of set yeah. of monsters I faced in the first game that we played weren't. And yeah, see, that's that, I that I found interesting. Not, not to interrupt, I apologize. Oh, but the other thing that's interesting about this game is that it's always played with the same basic scenario yeah. of the sky is darkened and spooky creatures show up. 
But a lot of what happens from there and what these things actually are is up to the players and up to the game master. So the first time we played this game, there were these kind of wild dog-like creatures that were just swarming around and attacking people. In this current game, I ha- we went with a more spooky, skeletal, you know, ghost-like creatures that were running around on all fours and then like standing up and then using weird fear tactics at one point i had one of the creatures pick up a rock and just start bashing lights uh so which which is what they're weak to as you know the 10 candles they represent your protection in the game yes uh but yeah it's one that if you know how to tell a good horror story you can get people really invested it's all about you know that slow burn that soft voice that slowly gets more and more intense and louder and louder. And if you can get that done well, you can spook a few people. Yeah, yeah, I think we were all appropriately spooked. Uh, we, we had a very fun dynamic. Our, our characters were constantly fighting with each other. Constantly. But ultimately, even though our characters did all die in this version of mm-hmm. Ten Candles, we did technically save Save the the day day, which usually doesn't happen Uh, just with how the narrative came out it just seemed as a game master it's like oh yeah if they keep getting good rules they will defeat the monsters i can't let them get out of here alive Mm -hmm. but they may save the world and they did and it still works for the tragic horror element because oh they worked so hard and they did to the day but they won't be able to see it uh and we just like you know just by the kind of natural progression of the game, had some really interesting arcs. I mean, I, I was very happy with my how my character turned out. He very much was like a man with a savior complex. He was a doctor who believed that he was going to be like the one to find the cure for humanity and be their savior. But he had also uh, been a practitioner of the dark arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, with some other medical professionals, you know, what's better than life? Well, undeath. <laughs> and so uh, he ended up kind of getting consumed by the darkness himself and ended up as a bit of a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like that, that he couldn't kind of see past that and he had to become one of the monsters to save people from the monsters. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Highly recommended. Yes. Spooky game to play this month. And with that, we gotta wrap up this post-October mini Halloween spooktacular. Yeah, we have to go ghoul hunting. We gotta go ghoul hunting. Grab your shovel. Mm Mm-hmm. And you grab grab your your garlic and your maces (laughs) and whatever we use for Yes. All of the things I have. Mm -hmm. All right. With that, I simply recommend have a good night, have a good game, have a spooky grand old time.